Hello and welcome back to the Husband Podcast with me, Paul Travers and... Hello, I'm Jane Ralph. Hello and this week we're going to talk about a bit of a touchy subject. I've kind of been like a bit like, ooh, should be mm. touching it. It's about you, hard work. You really wanted to do this one. Yeah, so but what we want to do is talk about two different types of hard work. So there's that kind of, yay, hard work pays off. I work really hard on that one and everything goes great. Um, but then there's also estate agency feeling like hard work and I think we can all like we all can all identify agents who kind of you know they work hard and they're really really successful and then you can also identify agents where they're kind of struggling and you know they're working hard but they're not really breaking through um, so we wanted to talk about that and how agents can make a difference in how they break through because pretty much every agent I ever speak to would like to break through into something other than what they're doing right now. Um, they might not be totally satisfied with the, um, the amount of listings they're getting or the area of listings they're getting, the price range they're attracting in, all those kind of things. They're not quite where they want to be. So we thought we would talk about um, the differences in agents that, that do appear to be breaking through and getting the listings they want and then agents that aren't and maybe what they could do to change that. So a really good place to start would be with a little story. <laughs> so when me and Jane were working together, there were a bunch of agents in, in the neighborhood, probably, I don't know, 20, 30 between us and Tower Bridge. Um, and there was one agent who I would say worked particularly hard and for me may very well have been the hardest working agent in the area. So he was like super hot on canvassing and uh, getting in touch with people where they were already on another agent he was um, you know whenever they get a valuation booked in he'd go around and hand deliver the valuation appointment letter then when he'd go round, you know he'd, he'd hand deliver the um, the confirmation letter afterwards with the price then he would call every owner 24 hours later then then another 24 hours later then again within a week uh, and then it would continue um, and I can remember you know he would call um, our owners our sellers and be like like, oh, you know, can I just get one viewing? Can I just get one viewing? I know you've got a contract with them, but you know, or whatever. Or, or he'd try and get that one viewing before they made their their choice to go with a particular agent. So he would do all of that kind of like real agency stuff, which you would think is is a, is someone doing a brilliant job. He's being really really thorough, but there's something about it that just sounds a little bit desperate in a way, rather than let, allowing. Yeah, well, he had to do all those things. This is the difference, I think, between, say, uh, the company that he was working for and the company that we were working for, was there wasn't really anything about the company that he was working for that was attractive or, or you know, or was an attraction to the people that were in the area that we were in. So that company was a very sort of southeast London um, company um, and was very successful um, in its kind of you know, sub suburban areas and inner city areas and was you know, quite an aggressive agency, but was very successful. You can't deny the fact it was a really successful agency, but it was really, really estate agency. Um, and, you know, and everyone who worked there was nice enough. I really liked him. Um, but there was no real connection between what that company was doing, how it marketed things, how it presented itself, the people who worked there, all of it. There was no real connection between them and the people that were living in the apartments in the area that we were working in. So he had to work really, really hard like that all the time. And I'd be quite honest, in terms of his 
working hardness would put me to shame, right? Because that, that the real, such a concentrated all the time in order to get those instructions. But that isn't, for me, that isn't really how I would want to spend my day, really having to graft for every last instruction. You know, that everything you do, you know that when you go round, you're on the back foot, you're not necessarily the main choice. You might be able to undercut someone on their fee um, or whatever, or maybe overvalue to get it. But you're not really an owner's number one choice by the time you walk in the door. Um, yeah, and why is that? That's, that's what we're talking about today. So yeah. What, what's, what's missing yeah. from that? You know, if you're working that hard, you know, how, how long can you do that for? If there's something you could do to make your life easier so that you didn't have to work so hard, wouldn't that be a good thing? Yeah, yeah. I would much rather there were other factors at play that were pulling people towards us um, and making them want to use us rather than us having to kind of go out and fight for every last thing all the time, which I would find exhausting. Actually, well, yeah. I haven't, I've worked in agents like that. It does sound I mean, it is exhausting. Um, so we we thought we'd start with like a little um, a thing that we've decided to do in our business, which is to take one day every month, probably the first day, first working day of each month, uh, and not work, um, but to plan. Yeah, to work on the business rather than in the business. Because it's so easy to get caught up with the billion things that we have to do, but actually, then we're not in control of where the business is going and what kind of business we're doing. Because, you know, there's so many options, so many different directions. So it's about taking quality time um, to meet, maybe half a day, whole day, in a nice, interesting, inspiring setting with some coffee and some notebooks and just being open, you know, for, for suggestions to brainstorm together with a piece of paper and, you know, all ideas are good ideas. Well, certainly to be discussed anyway. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good mindset is to think, okay, if you had a, imagine if you had a day when you were back to back with valuations, 9 a.m. till 6, 7 p.m., whatever, no time for anything else, no time to deal with any emergencies at an office. Or if you, um, if you let's say you were going on holiday, you were going to Australia or something and you were going to be stuck on a plane for 24, 30 hours, you wouldn't be able to deal with anything at the office and you don't you know you don't really accept calls certainly when you're on valuations so there is a mindset that can be like oh, I haven't got time to you know plan I can get it as well you know I've got this to do I've got that so I've got these agents I've got to get stuff ready for I've got content to do every week and there's you know all social channels and there's all manner of things to do all of the time um, but never allowing yourself I think it should be a treat you know kind of like the treat of just having a think and staring at the ceiling for a bit and kind of going well okay well what could be what you know what where where are we now who's getting you Know, what listings in my area what are we getting and how could we make a change around that yeah and it's important really to uh, not chit chat not kind of talk about your day your life you know it's, it's this is like we just did for uh, an yeah, hour and a half exactly don't do that <laughs> <laughs> an hour and a half it really was um you know to be much more on point and actually find lovely places to go um that so the, so the distractions are minimal and you're there for the purpose of looking at the business and the easiest way is to is to do that is to is to identify where do we want to go? What is the direction that we would like to go in? What change would we like to see in our business? It could be um, like you were saying, a different street, um, different price point. What's the dream for you now? Where you are right now? What's the next step that you would like for your business to be doing? Yeah. I mean, I, when I was an agent, the only the only types of office I ever worked in were ones that were brand new, so cold start, or they were failing. Yeah, so I went to, you know, to go and rescue one, turn one around or whatever. So we had to really think about that each time because we didn't really have, we, we weren't standing on success and thinking, oh, how would we like to build? It was very, very different, actually. You know, one was like, oh, how are we going to get noticed at all? Um, and others were a bit like, well, how are we going to dismantle the reputation that the, 
company now has and turn things around. And the way to, to do it on, on both um, uh, both counts really is to look at who else is in the neighbourhood and look at okay, so who's basically hoovering up the listings? Where are they? You know, where are they going? The ones I want. Where are they going? Which agent is doing that? And you find in pretty much every area actually there is a there's a standout agent that's kind of getting the good stuff um, wherever wherever it might be. And that is rarely a coincidence why they're, why they're getting it. Exactly. So, you know, it's time to kind of think about what is it about them? Not necessarily who they are, but what, what um, are they presenting to the public of who they are? You know, their, their website, their branding, their listening, their communication with potential people. You know, what are they doing? What do you like? What don't you like? Yeah. And then, and then to look at your, your own business and see how you can... Yeah, what's what's missing? Where's the where's the missing link? You know, what why why are why is a certain age? Let's just say you wanted a, a particular group of streets in your neighbourhood. Like a I don't know, there's a group of like ten streets that are just full of really great houses where everyone wants to live. It's a surefire sale, and most of them are going to a certain agent. And you want to kind of break their hold on it. Then there must be something that that agent is doing that the people in that neighborhood are going that is the one I would pick and a lot of it might be historic so they've been around for a while and they've got a load of sold boards up which you know that's a for, for people seeing lots of sold boards of an agent around and then if they like what you're doing then that's quite a, a hold to try and break into but nonetheless you've got to start somewhere so that, well there's always I've seen this with you know ev everywhere there's always a flaw somewhere um, a bit like we were talking about Minority Report, that film with Tom Cruise and Colin Farrell about people being sent to prison for crimes that crimes they were going to commit because of the technology and these precognitive beings or whatever. Brilliant they, they have. It's an amazing it, film. Yeah, it's an amazing film. But there's this. So Tom Cruise is the, the one. He works for the pre-crime agency, and it's his job to go and get the people before they've committed the crime and then arrest them and then they stick them in those weird tubes or whatever. Um, and then Colin Farrell comes along because the agency's being investigated for possibly sending people to um, prison or whatever for crimes they haven't yet committed. And Tom Cruise is asking Colin Farrell what he's looking for and Colin Farrell says flaws. He's looking for flaws because his view is that if someone hasn't committed the crime then they shouldn't be going to prison or whatever you would call the tube they put them in I don't know what it's called anyway so there is in every business there is a flaw and so it's really worth taking some time this is what I had to do is to look at all the other agents around and think well who's got the stuff that I want or who could I make a dent in you know where, where is there a dent to be made what are they doing and is there a way that I could improve yeah, on what do they're doing yeah do, do it better, better. Or is there, some, is there something that's just not being done at all? There's a way of connecting that isn't being done. So most, in most of agency, the way that the connection, if you like, is done through marketing. Yeah, it's done through the way that ma the property is marketed. Um, and obviously that's a big consideration for people. Yeah? And that's because that's what people are seeing. They're, not, they're seeing, they're feeling, they're getting the energy of your business through your branding, your marketing, your communication, your conversation that you're having with them. You know, all the time, that's what, that's what marketing is. Yeah, and so and marketing also is about it's about showing rather than telling. So there's lots of you know you could write all sorts of stuff on your website about we're really passionate about property, we do things differently, um, we're wonderful in some kind of way. But everyone does that, and it might be true. Uh, but what the the proof is in the pudding, really. Like what people are more interested in is actually what you're doing rather than what you're saying about yourself or what you're saying about what you're doing. Actions always speak louder than words. Yeah, definitely. So 
let's say you said um, let's say you've got an agency and you say we market your property in the very best way possible and this agency uses a cheap digital camera that's um, where anyone can go and take a picture of property um, the camera's not held straight the rooms aren't staged um, they look maybe a bit dark there's washing up and on the sink in the kitchen it happens there's maybe like dirty laundry or the couch isn't tidied um, whatever it might be um, the evidence of that statement is a contradiction you know that the evidence is actually saying that statement is a, a lie effectively which is um, which is not a great a great a great, what's that, not a great foot to set off on is that the right way not setting off on the right foot that's right that's Thank right you. Yeah. so uh, looking at things about what you're saying and whether they match what you're doing is a really good place to start yeah and there's no there's no shame you know you're really busy We're, being a estate agent is crazy there's always a billion things to do and you can't be thinking about all things all the time just like anyone in any business you know it's about kind of just sitting down and identifying what area could do a bit of attention a bit of love you know a bit of care and and these things can make a big difference obviously you can't do it all overnight so what we're saying is identify a few things and then take you know take small really small action but today right yeah many things are kind of free to do you know like holding a camera straight that's a free action if you're not let's just say you're not using a, a, a professional photographer um, then holding the camera straight is a free thing to do or if your descriptions aren't really up to scratch um, then improving them is actually a free thing to do you know you could even take inspiration from the way uh, an agent who has really good descriptions the way they do theirs and think oh okay fine yeah I could add those improvements to mine that is totally free um, your right move listings you know are you refreshing them regularly if not well you can do that for free that's a really simple easy thing to do that keeps everything looking really fresh um, if you're using floor plans, so there's a few agents I use that have kind of tried to upgrade that, well not try, but actually succeeded in upgrading their floor plans, not by spending more money, but just having them, they're coloured actually, so they've used their branding colours in their floor plans, so rather than just have most floor plans, right, it's a black and white floor plan, all the text is centred and it's all written in aerial font, that is a best, so everyone looks the same, across all, every single agent, every floor plan looks exactly the same. So it basically looks like it hasn't been done by that agent. Well, exactly, and if you are looking at all those floor plans and you're making a decision, you won't want to be standing out. Like It's all about the um, the image that's being portrayed all the time, yeah. through everything. Yeah, and it's a really simple one. You know, if you change the typeface on the floor plan, or you change the, you know, the, the lines around the rooms, instead of them being black, if they're, I don't know, if your brand color is a dark green or a dark blue, um, then suddenly that floor plan looks very, very stylish. different indeed. Yeah, stylish, you know, and, and, and for nothing. Someone, imagine, once you get your template sorted for that, or they know what color they're going to type it in, um, or draw it in, then it's all done. It's no cost to anybody, but it suddenly makes things look much more cohesive, um, a bit of attention to detail. Attention to detail is another free thing which pays massive dividends because people can see that you really care beyond just dumping something on the internet and hoping for the best that there's actually some sort of thought process going into it and like wow yeah I'd love my home presented in that way and if um, when you want to pick up better listings people that you know people with better homes if you like better looking homes where they've got a real attention to detail and they've like really planned it out really nicely whatever then they just naturally gravitate towards companies who do the same thing a bit like people buy an iPhone you know some people don't see any value at all in an iPhone some people wouldn't touch anything else whether it's right or wrong it's a lot of money to pay for a phone isn't it but people connect it's worth in it. some way yeah it's so worth it I, I've lost my iPhone a few times but lost without it and couldn't possibly have any other phone that's interesting isn't it I, I, I wouldn't buy one but that's uh, really? no no 
Oh, I just no. wouldn't. I wouldn't I'm, do it. So I'm, I'm, I see they're nice, but they're not for me. They're not. They're I wouldn't touch anything else in terms of a computer. But in terms of a phone, I'm not so. I don't. That's interesting, isn't it? I don't know why I'm just not so bothered. But I'm not. I'm not at all uh, drawn to one. I'm a complete Mac con convert, and I will pay the price. It's to me, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. I also like the idea of being part of the club. I like everything being easy. I like everything being beautiful, and I like being on the cutting edge of it. So, you covered improving on what other agents are doing but the other side is also doing things that nobody is doing so really doing something to stand out on your own on your own terms um, and generally when you do that people can't follow suit people so you could have a battle couldn't you like constantly trying to improve your marketing slightly better photos better floor plans and you constantly keep trying to get one over on each other on that but when you do something that's truly unique a real individual thing in your neighborhood it's very difficult for other agents to follow suit because then it just becomes a bit ridiculous you know imagine for instance let's just say you were to do a, um, a local magazine or something you can't have every agent doing a local magazine what tends to happen is that when an agent does a good one no one bothers to try and copy it so look this is all now about finding ways to do um, kind of really individual things. So I'm going to start, actually I know we're going to start at the top, I'm going to start at the bottom. So just talking about the magazine, so there's an agent I work with in, um, well, there's a few agents I work with who do these, but there's an agent I work with particularly at the moment in uh, Rygate and Redhill, uh, and they called Ralph James, and they produce a online magazine, which is all about different businesses in their neighbourhood, um, and it also has a why I live in section as well, so it just talks to people about why they live in that neighbourhood. It is a total 100% celebration of where they live and work, um, and local businesses love it. Uh, local businesses um, tag the agent. When the interview goes live, they then tag the agent and say thank you so much, which generates kind of uh, awareness and goodwill towards this agent because everyone's really excited about it and it really puts them in the middle of their community. Um, and then they also do a, uh, so it's great social media content because they've got all these things which you can use over and over again, you know, because you, you could even do, oh, I was in there today having a coffee, which reminded me of when we wrote a story about them. Here's the link again if you want to read more about the business. So it's this kind of evergreen, extraordinary content. But then they also do a print version um, seasonally, uh, which then they get stick through about 10,000 um, doors and it looks so great um, that people number one really look forward to getting it people read it and and they get instructions from it as well even though it never asks anyone no that, for I'm just saying that's so brilliant because imagine you live in that area you're going to really look forward to have that magazine coming through the door you're going to keep it as a reference point to things to go to on, yeah. your, on your weekends and you feel good because you love the community that you're living in so it is it just it's just yeah. add on add on they don't have to say come and come to us valuation because you just will yeah there's a whole feel-good factor around it like around them as an agent um and and for people feeling they live in a neighborhood that's really worth celebrating and it's all about community and community is so important yeah community. we all want to feel part of we want to feel part of something and we did a, a version of it when we were working together it's back in like what 2000 now um, but it was just remarkable how people um would you know rip their page out for their for their part of the neighborhood um and you know we go and see it on valuation i've touched on this on previous podcasts but doing something like that in your neighborhood and getting it through people's doors um, the thing is that there's so much um, marketing in the digital space now we also get so much post in the digital space that most of our bills come online and you know, kind of all this correspondence comes on so the front door the letterbox has become a bit of a, a opportunity now to start getting things through where um, that th there's just not so much traffic 
and you can get your stuff. Now, if you do really good stuff, rather not like a leaf, it looks like a pizza delivery or something, mm. but like something that's really useful in your neighbourhood that really connects with the people in the property that you want to list and that really helps them get more from their neighbourhood as well um, and inspires them about where they're living and what they can go and do, then you form these yeah connections that are way beyond what you can do in terms of just selling houses. And of course, that's not just for business today, that's for business in the future, in the next few months, next few years. Yeah. 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 So... Another option would go would be to go digital. Um, one of the if you listen to most marketing people, what they say is the most important thing about your business is your list, building your list, you know, your email list. So you've got like an ever growing list of people that you can regularly communicate with. Um, and if you look at most of the most fashion retailers, um, like most uh, technology companies or whatever, they all have an email list. You know, you can subscribe to mm -hmm. an email list. So they have it. They don't have it for fun. You know, they have it because it works. It produces sales. It produces business. It increases awareness and it keeps people connected. Um, and it also allows you to get to people uh, in a more certain way than, say, posting something on social media. So yeah, your reach is, your organic reach all the time is being cut down and down and down on social media because platforms want you to advertise. Um, so who you're, you know, you might post something and you've got a thousand followers, but only 20 people might see it, which wouldn't even be a terrible figure no. now. Um, but with email marketing, um, when you send people an email, they get it. You know, you send someone an email, they get your email. Um, and, you know, good open rates, um, unique property company who we work with now, they get anywhere between 25 and 40% open rate on their emails, which oh, is good. that's amazing. Because yeah. I don't know about you, I get lots, I subscribe to lots of things. And I know every morning when I check my emails, which ones I want to open and which ones I really don't. And the ones I want to open are the ones that don't, aren't directly selling to me. They are, give me some kind of information about something. And then and the seller's gentle and at the end. And I, and I always really enjoy those. And sometimes I step, save them. So yeah, but there's a whole different array of of what can be said on an, on an email and how long it can be. And Yeah, well it's not hard. It's not hard to get people to open an email when they know there's going to be some nice looking homes in it. You know, if it's just a bit of browsing, a bit of property porn. Oh, that's true, porn. of course, because you want to know what's going on in the neighborhood yeah. and what the houses look like Everyone loves you. it. So with Unique, what we do is we theme it each week. So we find like four or five places that they don't have to look similar, but we have to find a similar theme. So they don't only have one catchment area, um, and but they deal with one-off spaces. But we sometimes, you know, do, um, it can be places with a view. We did one with rooms with a view. We did this one with factory favorites last week. There was a coastal one we did, but they actually, or, or water views, um, they had a selection of things the one was on the sea one was by a river one had its own lake oh, um, nice. yeah so um, but actually doing that waterside stuff um, we've done like just standard Victorian ones one we did blue we have that for some reason um, they had about five or six homes on at one point that had blue rooms in them so we did a and it was do you know when it was it was on blue Monday that we sent it out oh, total coincidence we only realized a week before it was like oh that's really interesting, isn't it? So uh, it was total luck. But there's always, you know, you can theme it around the type of room, the color of room, the kind of house, the neighborhood. You know, you could pick a few streets. Oh, we've got a few in this concentrated neighborhood. You could do it all about that. So whatever, wherever you are, whatever you're selling, theming them, number one, it makes it easier to put together. Mm, really, really does. Definitely. And then you get a good title as well. It's all in the title really to get people to open it um but it, yeah it makes makes life much easier and gives people a real reason to click and open and whatever and i say 25 to 40 percent it's like 25 is, is is like one of the worst weeks but even 25 percent is a good open rate and way better in terms of organic reach than you're going to get with a um with a um social media post so yeah but, but the theme the theme is what makes that so appealing mm. like you know that 
it's 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 really interesting. Yeah, it is. You know? It's a reason to it. Rather than our latest newsletter, which doesn't really say anything at all, um, but yeah, theming the property, sticking in a blog or two of, of your yeah. most most recent articles, um, and you've suddenly got six or seven kind of meaty stories, all of which linking back to your website, which is great for your traffic, great for Google to know that people are going to your website, um, and. And actually, really, really cost-effective as well. You know, there's no print cost, there's no design really. You know, once you've got your template, then really all you're doing is dropping in pictures and text and some links back to your website, and there you go. And you can knock one out with unique. We do one every two weeks, and it's really no, no hassle at all. And the secret of that is, if you brainstorm it once, a, once every few months, and then you have a list of things to go for. Yeah. You know, that yeah. makes life easier too. Yeah. And also building your list, the reason you want to keep building it is because your newer, basically new, your newer um, members, if you like, they are more uh, interactive, they're, they're more active in terms of responding to what you're doing. So if you're always relying on people who are four or five years old, then yeah, stuff goes off the boil. It's normal, right? Stuff goes off the boil. But like people who are um, uh, new subscribers are more active. And, and so, yeah, this is why you want to keep, keep building it. And in terms of newsletters, is, is it once a fortnight? Is that the kind of the best? You want to do amount? more than once a month because you you need to keep uh, reminding people of yourself. There is a like, oh, you know, am I bothering people? This, yeah. that, and the other. But actually, you know, the emails that work. You know, if you go and if we, we, we won't actually touch so much on it on this one, but um, like if you look at say email nurture sequences, the way they work is that actually when people first join your list, if you're kind of getting them from say like a, an e-guide or a lead magnet, um, really you want to be getting out three or four emails in the first week to people that have um, that downloaded that thing because it's when they're most likely to be active, and then you would kind of drop it down to once a week, and then maybe as it's if it's just a nurture sequence, it's not a newsletter, you know, then you might go down to once every two weeks and eventually once a month. But to keep yourself in people's minds, um, if you're sending through stuff that's valuable and that's useful, they don't always have to, you know, click or go straight to your website. If they just see that it's that kind of beautiful, valuable, useful, engaging, it's got like the odd like thing that kind of piques their interest. It's enough. It's just about being there and doing it, and that's the the thing really about some level of consistency and doing it. But yeah, every couple of weeks, it's fine. Yeah, I think that sounds perfect, really. So lastly, podcast should. Should local agents do a podcast? I think most agents are going, there's not, I don't have anything to say. Um, but you do. Most, I, I could have chatted for 20 minutes. I could chat for 20 minutes now, but um, I could have chatted for 20 minutes. You could have chatted for 20 minutes when we were working together about what was happening Absolutely. this week, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, in terms of, yeah, how things are going and what's come on the market and what's, yeah. how, the, how the, um, the industry is. Yeah, and, you know, this week we sold this one for this much, and last week we actually got a bit less. So actually, you know, things are going up. Um, we're finding loads of people are interested in you know this particular area at the moment, or we've sold three in this neighbourhood. So you know, if you're thinking of moving in that neighbourhood, now's not a bad time to go for it. But the thing about um, uh, 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 having a podcast is not necessarily the number of readers that you get, but it's the publicity you can get from doing it. So having one, if you imagine you've got a podcast talking about local property market, then clearly you have something to say about local property market. So even just mentioning on your social media channels once or twice a week, you know, next podcast live or this Thursday, um, and then you do another one on Thursday saying, oh, you know, podcast just went live now. Um, you're saying to people that you've got something to say about local property market. Podcasts are massive. The, you know, the audience is growing for them. People can listen to them anywhere they are they don't the, the thing about video it's really really great but you need to be somewhere where you can watch a video you, know, you yeah. can't be driving that's true but it's also easier to do a podcast than a video yeah this is a, yeah we're just recording so audio on computer now it could be in our uh, pajamas you could be in your pajamas but we're not we're not no <laughs>
We're definitely not. You could be anywhere. No one. You don't need to. You know. You don't need to worry about a background. You could do it when you're out. You know. You could do it go and sit in the park between valuations or whatever and just chat away about the local property market and what's happening locally. Um, yeah, make it really interesting for people. And you can even add in bits about businesses you're in. You could even do it from a local business and say, I'm at Joe's Cafe having one of his fabulous cappuccinos and almond croissants. Get in a bit of that as well. Put yourself inside the community and just have a little bit of a ramble. But you grab, you know, grab a colleague, do it. And before long, you know, we've how long have we been doing a weekly one now? Not that long. Four weeks, maybe five. And I've just noticed how it feels really good to have done them actually to have kind of got back into the swing of it because I started before and then you know as we all do it we all fall off the wagon um, but seeing them kind of build up now this little library building up that again can can be kind of pulled out again later on either to just you know um, uh, just to kind of republish that episode and say which reminds me of you know this one I talked about uh, this or you can listen back through it yourself and find something new to talk about based on what you talked about in that one so imagine you're six months down the line and you've talked about you know one week you got five thousand more for a house than the one you did the week before that and then six months down the line now you're getting thirty thousand more you can you know you can refer back to that podcast you get all the inspiration from it um, and you have this consistent feed going out to people all the time that you know you're someone who knows you know you know your stuff you've got lots to say you're interesting you're interested part of the neighborhood you know you're there and you're doing it yeah how would, how would you start doing podcasts though? The easy, well, you could, there's a website called anchor.fm and it's an app as well as a, uh, a website and you can, down, you download the app to your phone, you can just talk into your phone and then just press publish. Oh, it's free and that's, that's it so um, and then it's done and then you can in say an app like Canva, which is like a really sort of Photoshop uh, an online Photoshop tool which is free and which also has podcast templates for like your little thumbnail for your artwork and you can just drop in a you know your your logo or your uh, a picture of you type the name of your episode on it up, upload that um, and it's done I mean, that, that really is it there is no admin you can just like type in a little bit you know what's the name of the episode and a quick summary in the description about what you do and then your podcast is is live and then you can do another one next week so let's say you were doing a 20 minute podcast um, if you allowed yourself another 10 10 to do your artwork and your they were loud weren't they they were loud. Oh, they came, how much they came um, you can screaming sparrows chasing each other around the courtyard um, yeah but if you allow yourself another 10 to kind of do your artwork do your description and, and, and upload it you do, so you can do it all from your phone canvas on your phone anchors on your phone it's all live and then anchor publishes it to like Spotify iTunes I, I don't really know wherever else people listen to I know they listen to podcasts in lots of places but all of the different places it publishes them in all the, the right places so whoever's listening where you can get to them and as I say they can listen they can listen to it at the gym they can listen to it on the train when they're even someone walking to evaluation could yeah, listen to in it the uh, in the car anywhere at home doesn't matter uh, while cooking they don't need to give it any of their um, visual time no. they just need to listen to it so it's as good as an audio book as easy as an audio book um, yeah and say so 20 minutes is a short short easy digestible thing doesn't have to be long um, and and you can get to people in a you know, a really interesting, accessible way. And to start, like the first time, that there'll be a microphone on your certainly on my on my iPhone. Yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can kind of have a few goes before you want to publish anything. Yeah. Just to practice a bit. Yes, I would do that rather than kind of uh, um, give yourself this massive task and be terrified about it. Just um, yeah. To ramble into your phone a little bit, see how you sound, and then practice. You don't have to be you know, absolutely perfect, and making some mistakes is fine. We make mistakes on ours all the time. Some we leave in, some we're like, no, 
not leaving that in. <laughs> um, but like when I first started today, I couldn't even say the word husband. Um, so we decided not to leave that one in for authenticity. That it's was the authenticity we didn't need. No, exactly. It's because we want some toast. That's because we want some toast. It is, yeah. We're really overdue for toast. And because we spent an hour and a half chatting about all sorts of other stuff before getting on with this, we're really, really overdue some toast. So yeah. maybe this is a good time. Yeah, so really kind of, if, if any of this uh, feels a little bit scary, overwhelming, then please talk to us because that's what we do. We'd love to talk to you about any anything, the newsletter, the, the magazine. Um, but in terms of the other things, what could you do today? What one small thing could you do today? It could be uh, get a different photographer, or get a new camera, look at your writing, maybe get... Um, an online assistant to help you with things. Maybe um, look at your floor plans and see how you can improve those. Just take one step today to make to make one small change, and that's how it is. Really, and see if you can do your one day or half day uh, every month to work on your business rather than in your business. I reckon I reckon you'll see wonderful things from that. Definitely, absolutely. Well, that's it then. So thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to get in touch with us, then just go to husband.digital um, and you can call us or you can, well, you can. We could even put our phone number on here, couldn't we? Which is 020-8133-8733. Um, or go to husband.digital and um, just uh, get in touch with us through the contact page. That's it for now. Um, we will see you next time. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye.